Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s, Season 2. Yeah. We're your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. That hasn't changed. We're your hosts. We haven't changed either. We're still the same people. My name's Chris Alphick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week, it's episode one. We're back. Some would call it the Phantom Menace. You did that joke last year. Did I? Well, in the episode, on the, on the actual, like, we're like we wrote it down. 14 seconds in, we're already rehashing old material. It's probably not going to be the last time either, so... Yep. Get into it. Shit. Like last year, we're covering January 1st through 7th, but this year, we're covering another year, 1991. This is off to a great start. Let's just get into the news. <laughs> you sound so excited about it. <laughs> and this year, we're covering 1991. I'm still, I'm still a little sick. Happy New Year. No, that's true. You are still sick. All right. Happy New Year. The first anti-stalking law passed in 1990 goes into effect in California, kicking the new year off right. Also, in Canada, the goods and service tax, also known as the GST, comes into effect, replacing a hidden 13.5% manufacturer's sales tax. Uh, so the GST is now 26 years old. Happy birthday, GST. What a shit day in news. Yeah. I mean, hey, New Year's, new tax, you know. Oh well. January 2nd. Sharon Pratt Dixon was sworn in as mayor of Washington, D.C., becoming the first black woman to head a city of Washington's size and prominence. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. Getting better. Um, news article from today. Trevino's success on the senior tour was a family affair. He brought his wife and baby on the road in 1990. Lee Trevino was feeling like a million, but it had to be expected of an overachiever. His first crack at the senior PGA Tour after prepping for two years, Trevino set his height, his sights on winning six tournaments and becoming the first of the 50 and over group to win $1 million in a year. He exceeded his goals, winning seven tournaments and earning $1.19 million. He wasn't uh, just the top money winner among the seniors. He also earned more than any golfer on any 1990 tour. He hopes to do better in 1991. I hope he does too. Uh, I'm also more of a fan of Lee Carvalho and his putting challenge. January 3rd. The first television sets with built-in closed caption displays are introduced in the United States. Neat. Also on this date, it wasn't a good year for dividends. Big banks caught the most attention for slashing dividends last year, but they were not alone. Figures released by Standard & Poor's yesterday show that 143 companies decreased their dividends in 1990, while 266 omitted them entirely. Dang. That's pretty brutal. Isn't there like a card that you can get in Jeopardy where like something pays out dividends? I mean, why do I say Jeopardy? Monopoly. Uh, yeah, it's like you're, something about your dividends, like $10. Is that the one? I think so. I think it's a $10 one. Like a community Aren't... chest? Oh no, that's the second prize in the beauty contest. Oh, Mm. I mean, there's multiple things that give you like 10, 20 bucks. I wish we could figure out the answer to this question, but I'm not willing to play Monopoly to do so. Agreed. Instead, we will move on to January 4th. The United Nations Security Council votes unanimously to condemn Israel's treatments of the Palestinians. Huh. Also today, bovine burping to be monitored for length <laughs> to greenhouse effect. Yeah. Cows will soon be chewing their cuds and burping for science. Washington State University researchers exploring the effects of livestock on global warming want to find out how much methane cows and other cud-chewing animals produce when they belch. 
Cattle will be fitted with equipment in backpacks <laughs> to gauge their gas emissions under an Environmental Protection Agency grant to determine if such methane discharges can be reduced. Most scientists agree ruminant or cud-chewing livestock produce about 15% of 15% of all methane released into the atmosphere. Uh, no research is anticipated on cow flatulence since it's believed to be a minor source of methane uh, compared to belching. That is maybe the most exciting news we have ever read on the podcast. I I mean, that's something I've thought about for like a long time, harnessing the methane, <laughs> putting not like hooking like big <laughs> tubes up to the cows, but like a, just a big giant dome. Like a bubble. Oh, yeah, a bubble over the farm that like sucks in the methane and I don't know, uses it in natural gas or something. Burp dome. January 5th. TV shows don't premiere in January, except Blossom, which aired its first regular episode today. Chris also notes here that there are many mid-season replacements that premiere in January. Also, on this date, backspasms forced Trevino to pull out of tournament. Just as he was embarking on a new year of domination on the senior PGA Tour, a pulled back muscle forced Lee Trevino to withdraw from the Tournament of Champions. You flew too close to the sun, Lee. Oh, Trevino. Should have stuck to putting like Carvalho. Ah. January 6th. Soviet space station tumbling out of orbit. A Soviet space scientist. Soviet space scientist. Wow. Said Friday that uh, a space station will re-enter Earth's atmosphere sometime in early February, but it's likely to disintegrate and poses no threat to anyone on the ground. Closing out the week, January 7th. Not Hall of Famer Pete Rose has left an Illinois federal prison camp and checked into a halfway house in Cincinnati to complete his sentence for cheating on his taxes. He was fined, it was something like $360,000 in 1991. For, for tax avoidion? Tax avoidion. <laughs> yes. You uh, say evasion. I say avoidion. <laughs> uh, Pete Rose is, of course, famous for uh, his Hall of Fame caliber baseball career followed by gambling on the sport while managing the Cincinnati Reds and getting subsequently banned from Major League Baseball. So he is not a Hall of Famer, but played with the quality and... Oh, yeah. Like he was... Oh, if he... Would have been Hall of Fame material? Oh, for sure. He would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, and then he went on to manage Cincinnati, and he was caught gambling. He said he only ever gambled on the team, like, in, in favor of his team. I hope so. Um... But, I mean, you can't prove any of this stuff. There oh, was yeah. a whole betting book that showed that he gambled on Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. So you're out forever. Ooh, wow. And that finishes off the week. And it brings us into an altered segment that we call Movies and Music. So every week on the podcast, we dive into uh, the Billboard Hot 100, as well as the box office, and tell you what it was like listening to the radio and going to the movies that week. Because we pretty much ran the gamut all of last year, we're changing it up a little bit. And this is probably going to evolve as we do the podcast, but at least for this week, for movies, in the box office, we are going to focus on one movie and get into a little bit of detail about it. This week is a fan favorite. Yeah. Um, also, just one quick note. Another reason we're doing this is because opening at the box office this week was nothing. That is also a thing. I was just going to gloss over that. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of great movies. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Home Alone's on there, Godfather Part 3. We've all, nah. we've talked about this before, yeah. but nothing actually new. I think uh, they took the week off because it's New Year's. So what we're going to do is give you a bit of detail about Kindergarten Cop. Which is number two this week. First off, I highly recommend watching the Ooh, trailer. Oh, I love the trailer. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's too hokey as 
Oh, yeah. It is two minutes and 23 seconds of gold. Uh, they give a few of the best lines in the trailer, which is kind of disappointing. Of course, you know, you, you hear get people into the movies. Yeah, you hear it's not a tumor, which is the, the big one. Right. But we also see Arnold holding up the kid and saying, you eat other people's lunches. Stop it. And the kid responds by like letting all the food fall out of his mouth, presumably onto Arnold's shoes. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. There are a couple noteworthy actors in this movie. First off, yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know if you've really? heard of him. He went on to play the Terminator or something. Also in this movie, though, is... Well, he uh, went on to to play like an exterminator, right? Like, yeah. That's why I said a Terminator. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He got rid of termites? Yeah. Also in this movie is Catherine Reitman. She was a third grader. Uh, but you, and I, at least Chris, better know her as Maureen Ponderosa. Old dead tooth from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh wow! Wait, is okay. So is she? Is she the daughter of Ivan Reitman? I don't know if she's the daughter. There are a couple Reitmans in this. Because yeah, Jason Reitman's in it. I feel like this has got to be like a family. But, well, affair she's American, and Jason Reitman's from Montreal. Uh, so Jason Reitman, who was a student in this, uh, is the Montreal-born director of Juno. And thank you for smoking. Thank you for smoking. Was good. I really like that. Did I see that with you? We did. Yeah, in we, Burlington? Went, we went to Burlington. Yeah, we, it we wasn't took a playing drive for that. Yeah, it wasn't playing anywhere nearby. Uh, also of note in this movie, uh, the character Rosa was played by Odette Annabel, who is Doctor Jessica Adams on House, and I she was she was in there for like twenty three episodes. We are looking up the Reitman family tree. Did you say Catherine Reitman? Yeah. Yep. Daughter. Daughter. There it is. Um. What about the Reitmans? Must have moved around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jason Reitman is definitely Ivan Reitman's son. Mm. I just clicked Order of Canada. Okay. Well, maybe he was just born in Montreal. Maybe they were on vacation. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, it's like uh, they probably just moved around a lot. Um, yeah, fair enough. Also, here's here's some fun trivia. Fun kindergarten cop trivia. So to get a better feel for where the movie falls in Schwarzenegger's career, he had to take a day off from filming Kindergarten Cop to go do the teaser trailer for Terminator 2 Judgment Day, <laughs> which is... Maybe the best Terminator. I don't know if they, I don't think there's like a maybe. Like it's, it's yeah. pretty solidly better I just, than I the original. I feel queasy calling the second better than the first of, have you for watched, any movie, have but you obviously a for movie Empire. Called, yeah. Have yeah. you ever watched a movie called Star Wars? True. So the role of John Kimball, Schwarzenegger's character, was initially offered to Bill Murray and Patrick Swayze before it landed on Arnie. That would have been a really different movie with uh, with Bill Murray. Not with Patrick Swayze. Probably pretty similar. Yeah, but like Murray would have played it so much more sarcastic. Smarmy. And, yeah. Yeah, smarmy is a good word. More than 2,000 kids auditioned for these 30 student roles in the movie. Also, Astoria Elementary School, being the school in the movie, is only a, flu a few blocks away from the Goonies house. Yeah, so those are some fun facts about Kindergarten Cop. Mm -hmm. You know what would be fun? Like, you know how some movies, uh, people recut them as, like, horror movies or, like, something like that? <laughs> this would be good, like, or, like, a, a, a serious drama. I think this would be good as a really serious drama. Like, it's not a tumor. Where is the Topher Grace cut of Star Wars? Has that been, is that out there? I don't, think, so. I don't I think, think it is. I think there's, uh, I think someone who saw it tried to replicate it oh. like based on it from memory but i don't think that's shitty Topher grace has actually released his recut of it ah it'd be so good right i think it would be okay so let's jump into the billboard oh yeah top albums for the week we're gonna do that for a little bit and uh and check that out the number one selling album this week was to the extreme by vanilla ice Rob Van Winkle was on top in 1991, at least when it comes to albums. Holy shit, it gets better. And by better, I mean it gets. It uh, Things happen. In and... the number two spot, Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him by MC Hammer. I can't believe it. 
I love You've it. You've got Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. In the number one and two. Yeah. In three, we get the Immaculate Collection from Madonna. Which, despite my not really being a huge fan of 90s Madonna, this is one containing a lot of 80s stuff because it's her first greatest hits. Yep. And is one of my favorite names of an album. I think it's probably the best greatest hits album name of all time. Agreed. I mean, most bands are just greatest hits. This is good. Some thought went into that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. At the number four spot... I'm Your Baby Tonight, Whitney Houston. Nice, nice. Legit album. Five, uh, Mariah Carey with her debut album, Mariah Carey. Is it her debut album? I don't know. I thought it was. But as soon as I said that. I don't know. Because it's like some people wait a few albums before they they drop like the self-titled album. Yeah. Like some, you know, they'll they'll drop with like something, I don't know, creatively named. And then when they reach a certain point, it's just like, all right, guys, what are we going to call this album? Well, we've got the self-titled up our sleeve, so so okay. that's going to happen. Okay, Mariah Carey's discography. I can't believe I'm looking this up. Studio albums. Yep, Mariah Carey. Released nice. June 13th, 1990. All right. And uh, moving down the list, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to we wanna mention? We definitely want to mention song te- or album number 10. Yeah, screw the rest of this list. Paul Simon, meh. Razor's Edge, ACDC, who cares? Album number 10 is The Simpsons Sing the Blues. This is actually on the Billboard Hot 100 top 10 albums for the week. Yep, yeah, and that's a thing. Oh god, like I don't even I don't even know what to say about this. How bad is music that a joke album makes the list and it's not weird out? Listen to some of these song names. Obviously, Do the Bartman. Oh yeah. Uh, which Mo- is not exactly what I'd call blues. No, Moan and Lisa Blues, The Springfield Soul Stew. Look at all those idiots is song number 9. Sibling <laughs> Rivalry is 10 on here. It could be good. I don't know. I haven't anyway. actually heard it. I have, uh, like, I have going Simpsonic with the Simpsons. Okay. Uh, which is just a collection of some of their music. Uh, I wish they re-recorded and released full versions of some songs. Yeah. Specifically, Can I Borrow a Feeling? Oh, and Lisa, It's Your Birthday. Oh, that would be a great, That'd oh my one, right? god, that would have right? been, that would have just been, if they released, imagine if they released, like, a single vinyl of that. Ten straight that hours. That would go for so much. Ten like, with Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be good. I'd buy that. Oh, yeah. That would be insane. Ten straight hours of dental plan. Lisa Lisa needs needs braces. braces. All right. Let's jump into 90s news now. All right. You got some stuff here. Oh, yeah. Um, We've got one piece of 90s news now. And then another thing that we're probably just going to rope into our our 90s spotlight this week, I think. And this isn't even exactly 90s news now, since this probably has been out there for a while. But I sent Connor an article this week about how Daniel Radcliffe was cast as Harry Potter. In it, they mention their oh-so-important, quote, British or only British rule, which sounds more like a 2016-esque foreign policy stance, Eh. but was something uh, just to make sure that their movie recreation of Hogwarts was authentic as possible. Anyway, this rule was uh, so important that Robin Williams reached out to director Chris Columbus to be in the film, but was turned down. That's for the best. Oh yeah, he was apparently gunning for uh, Hagrid, Hagrid, which would have been weird. And I think the actor who plays Hagrid, whose name is escaping me right now, was like the first actor that jk rowling had in mind for anyone in the movie oh wow that's crazy from what i read that being said it would have been robbie coltrane (laughs) that's it i thought of that myself with no outside help none at all anyway after that what was i what was i talking about robin williams oh Yeah. yeah so the wizarding world of harry potter is big and zany enough that i think there could have been a really good role somewhere for robin williams if not in the Harry Potter movies, if he was still around, 
he would have been great somewhere in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Like something that, that's taking place in America. Because he's just so zany and out there that it would have been a perfect fit for something in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, that would have been cool. He wouldn't have been a Grindelwald or anything, but Johnny Depp. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Johnny Depp going into this year. We'll see. I don't know how I feel a lot about a lot of things uh, going into 2017. I'm very hopeful, but we're going to actually look into 2017 by taking a look back at the 90s, because that's kind of what we do on the podcast. This week, we're going to deviate a little bit from the norm and do something that we're calling 90s News Now, Then. A look back at what the 90s thought 2017 would be. So we're going to take a look at a couple of movies that take place in or around 2017 and see what they had to say about this year. Let's get into it. So the 1996 movie Barb Wire stars Pamela Anderson as the titular Barb Wire. I love that whole sentence. Yeah. This movie is slightly based off the plot of Casablanca. It takes place uh, during America's second civil war in Steel Harbor, which is the last free city in the U.S., which is being ravaged by that civil war. It involves barbed wire trying to help two people <laughs> escape to Canada. So a lot of this info comes from a Dorkley article, and they mentioned that in this war-torn USA, prostitution is not only legal, but those registered are subject to mandatory health screenings, which is rather progressive for a society under martial law. I know, like people are killing each other, society yeah. has crumbled, but prostitution is a regulated thing okay. with mandatory health screenings that i could get behind but yeah a bit of a future predictor obviously not not necessarily here but i mean there are brothels in the u.s legal brothels yeah that's a thing yeah and i right. imagine health screenings are probably a regular thing there so that is one look at 2017 from 1996 next we're going to take a look at the running man this is a 1987 movie starring arnold schwarzenegger we know this isn't exactly a 90s movie but it's close enough close enough and we were raised on Arnold in the 90s. You know, we just talked about Kindergarten Cop. So we're counting it. The Running Man, In The Running Man, the world's economy has collapsed and 2017 America has become a totalitarian police state and all forms of culture, including art and music, have been outlawed. TV is run by the government to placate the population with reality TV, including The Running Man, where convicted criminals run for their lives in a death arena chased by mercenaries called stalkers. Um, inaccurate, entirely inaccurate. Yeah, I, no one's fighting to the death yet. That's true yet. Finally, we look at how the 1992 movie Fortress predicts life will be like in 2017. So 2017 America is once again a dystopia, and it has a strict one-child policy uh, because presumably sometime between 92 and 2017, Americans started breeding like rabbits leading to overpopulation. I'm guessing. Probably. I'm not sure... If the film actually addresses why there's a one-child policy, uh, maybe their leader just doesn't like things with tiny hands. It features lead actor Christopher Lambert as an ex-army officer trying to escape with his wife to Canada, uh, specifically Vancouver, because she's pregnant with their second child. Lambert's character is caught and sentenced to 31 years in The Fortress, a futuristic private prison run by Red Foreman. <laughs> Kurtwood Smith is in this movie. Nice. This actually has... I think four different Star Trek actors. Red Foreman, Kurtwood Smith actually was in uh, he was. Episode, uh, two episodes of Star Trek yep. and Star Trek VI. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know he was in Star Trek VI. Oh, no, I did. Yeah, he plays yeah, the he plays, Federation uh, president. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So the moral of the story is that 2017, you know, world, specifically America, has gone to shit. And 2017 Canada 
is cool. It's an all right place, it's I a think. Pretty Everyone's good place trying to, to escape to Canada. Um, big shout out to uh, to Fortress for saying Vancouver and not just Canada because yeah. there's something about there's something about Canada just being a enormous place, but it's always just Canada. How often is it like? Vancouver. How often is it Vancouver? Because when they eventually, no, when it's they, like Toronto. Yeah, if they mention somewhere, it's Toronto. Yeah, maybe Ottawa. But like, you go through so many things and never see Canada. Um, I don't know if this is bad. I don't know if this is good. Uh, I think the heat map from all the cities hit in like Independence Day. You know, New York City, Washington, L.A. I didn't see Canada on there anyway. Anywhere. Sweet. Kind of feel left out by the aliens. Nah, that's fine. Kind of glad to still be alive in that universe, potentially. Well, maybe they're just not uh, cult-faring aliens. Well, that's possible. But no, they, they attacked uh, Russia. They, fucked up they Russia. probably, they probably hit Moscow. Yeah. Like, that was totally, that, that was totally a thing. Yeah. That being said, I don't think they are, they're probably not a very heat, uh, they're probably a pretty heat-sensitive species, because the only eight surviving aliens thrived in Africa, whereas I think everywhere else they were just gunned down. So maybe they are a tropical species. They like to chill by the beach. I get that. Yeah, with a tentacle alien margarita. Speaking of tentacle alien margaritas. Where's this going? Into our sponsorship segment, this week is brought to you uh, by Lyle Prez of the Amazing Advertising Podcast. He's written two zombie books, uh, which have been turned into audiobooks. That was Ooh, a terrible audiobooks. segue, but I'm rolling with it. That I don't know how that relates. I mean, it doesn't. Unless I just, the zombies have tentacles. They, I don't know. They might. Lyle, do your zombies have tentacles? You know what? There's one way to find out. Reading the book. But what if you don't want to read the book? Well, if you don't want to read the book, uh, the publisher Audible gave him a whole bunch of free copies of his audiobooks to give out to people, which he's passing on to all of you. So if you love zombie stories, then these books are right up your alley. One of the two novels is called Existing Dead. It's won a couple small awards and it has four and a half stars on Amazon, which is the exact amount of stars needed to convince me that a thing is good. I mean, four and a half stars has got to be good. It, right? It's out of five. Uh, his other book is called Death Too Short, which is a pretty sweet title, and it's a collection of short stories. Oh yeah, that's a... I like that. So if you want to get into one of these books, uh, shoot us your email address and we'll pass it along to Lyle. He will then email you a copy through Audible. So you can just go download it and enjoy. He promises that he won't sell your email to the mafia or the Russians or something. We make no such claims. Maybe we should. Uh, actually, though, he won't spam you and neither will we. That's good. So yeah, if you want a copy of Existing Dead or Death Too Short, drop us a line. We'll forward along and we'll get you a free ebook. Free Audible. ebook from audible.com. Some would say that the sponsor of this week's podcast is Lyle Perez of the Amazing Advertising Podcast and his two books that are called Existing Dead and Death's Too Short, but also audible.com. That, uh, it was very smooth. I don't know if smooth is the right word for it. Maybe like smooth in the same way that like 200 grit sandpaper is smooth yeah. compared to like 80 grit sandpaper. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we're getting any audible money. Let's okay, we're we're bringing back an old friend of the podcast. Oh yeah, you know him and I know him, and everybody knows him as the wheel from the game of life. Full disclosure: we abandoned the wheel. Well, we we, we I think we recorded the last uh, at least a few of the episodes at your place. True, and. By the last few weeks of the year, we were just crossing off years we hadn't done. Yep. So the way we're doing it now is we know that week two of the podcast last year was 1996. So it's blacklisted. It's we black. Can't do it. Blacklisted. We're not touching it. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and spin the wheel and we'll figure out what we're doing next week. All right. Let's uh, let's take a look. Uh... So next week will be January 7th to 13th. I don't like it. I'm giving another spin. Oh, we don't like that one. It's 92. 
Oh, for 91, fuck's sake. really? See, this is why we abandoned the wheel. 95, 95 is good enough. All right. January 1st. Shit. 8th? No, January 7th. No, this is, we did January 7th this week. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Oh my god, numbers. Why am I using my fingers to count 1 to 7? We use our fingers Fuck. most of the time. Podcast listeners, we're January. tearing down the curtain. God damn. We January. count with our fingers sometime. Next week is January 8th to 14th, 1995. Get excited. As always, you can find us online. Our website is stuckinthe90spodcast.com. If you want a couple, well, one of two audiobooks, drop us a line at stuckinthe90spodcast.gmail.com. Let us know which book you'd like, and we will get that taken care of for you. You can find us on Twitter at SIT90s, so it's SIT90s. We're on Instagram at stuckinthe90s. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash stuckinthe90spodcast. I think that's everything. We will get our shit together on social media. Maybe I'll One make a post days. tonight. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, though. It could be a thing. Who knows? Yeah, we'll get there. Do you have anything else? I don't know. I don't either. Um, See, this, yeah, this is how we end the podcast 2017. Man, I don't know. Fuck it. We just, yeah, we just kind of let things fizzle out. Yeah. I think that's it for the episode. Yeah, let's cut it off there. All right. For now, the podcast, the podcast is, is now over. over.